Alrighty, welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast in which we analyze Man of Steel one individual minute at a time. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And I'm Nathan. You can also find me on social media at NoClutchNate, as well as my uh, toy photography Instagram page, Clutch Figures. And I am Chris Ayers, co-host of the People v. Batman Super- the People v. Batman v. Superman podcast and also the DC Legacy Filmcast. And I'm on Twitter at Chris A. Creative. All righty. And today we're going to be covering minute number 30 of Man of Steel. The minute starts with uh, Clark saying, right, we talked about this. And then the minute ends with um, Clark Kent. Did I say Clark Kent? He said Clark twice. Did I say Clark it's twice? John. Jonathan. Okay. So Jonathan Kent in the beginning <laughs> says, we talked about this. No, he was telling his dad. Yo, we talked about this, dad. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about how the bus was going to go You can't be telling me what to do. No, okay. So that's Jonathan Kent. And then the minute ends with Clark saying, or asking, did God do this to me? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, in this, we're continuing the conversation that started in the last minute. And Jonathan Kent is really, you know, laying it on Clark that, you know, you got to keep this a secret. You know, we talked about this. Um, in which Clark responds, should I have just let them die? Yeah. Um, I think this was taken, this was also from the trailers, I remember, of this movie. Hmm. And uh, I feel like I remember when I was watching the trailers of it, it's, um, it kind of seemed like it was, like it, the dialogue was broken up. Because uh, Jonathan Kent jumps to that conclusion, and it makes it seem like it's, it one, my preconceived notion of Jonathan Kent isn't this this person that we're seeing in this minute. Two, it makes it seem like it's a little, uh, like like he's he, he's lost. He doesn't know what to say. And it's, it's kinda, I think um, it, it caught me off guard when I first saw the trailers for it. Yeah, the the way in which Jonathan. Kent responds to the question of should I have let them die? His answer is maybe. And I feel like it shouldn't have been maybe. It should have been I don't know. Because that's usually a good natural response to have. Yeah. yeah. I, you, that's that's equally ambiguous without allowing people to die. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Because maybe sounds a little more like yes. Yeah. Maybe it is like, yeah, like, yeah, maybe you should have just let them die. Like it's, it's, but it's also like, okay, so if you did let them die, what is really, what are you sparing yourselves of just this conversation with this crazy Christian lady from down the street? That kind of like the fact that you saved your entire class, like kind of outweighs this, uh, this, this, this scolding that you're getting from your father. The, the answer should be a firm. No, you should not let them die, but be very careful careful about how you use your powers in the future you know like it's going to be more difficult from here on out right you're going to be faced with these with a lot of adult challenges right and you just have to be careful like i understand the fear uh but but even leaving the door open a little bit that if if you have the power to save someone you should not let them die yeah absolutely yeah i agree i you know uh, i understand that okay for a natural conversation like this if this is going to be in a film that people are going to watch over and over again, like this is the one time people are going to see this conversation in Man of Steel, it should have, like, I understand you want it to feel like a natural conversation, but what people take away from this film is more of like Jonathan Kent being kind of cold hearted. Yeah. Um, and I think there's a, there's a, like you said, Chris, a more ambiguous way to do it 
in in a sense of like I'm not saying let those people die. I'm saying that you have to be careful like when you decide to save people's yeah. lives. Moving forward, you um, just got to take a look back and And I think maybe is for script not a good idea. Here's where I want to I want to get get at the theme of the whole movie, which I actually don't know what the theme of this movie is, but there's a line um a line written by David Goyer where um Jonathan Kent tells him, you know, people are afraid what afraid of what they don't understand. And that's also a line that he uses in Batman Begins. Same writer using the same line when uh Falcone is talking to Bruce Wayne when Bruce Wayne's a young man. And the the theme of of Batman Begins is fear. You know, it's it's and Batman overcomes it and uses it, you know, and it's the reason you have the scarecrow in that movie. Yeah. That that's the guiding principle of Batman Begins. This but using it here, like I think the hope should be the 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 theme here. It seems like hope is, no, is supposed I, hope to be the is theme su- of this movie. Hope is supposed to be the theme. We don't get it as much as, as we should. Um we get it in little blips and we get it uh visually. We don't get it um in in like teaching kind of ways, like how how the all these flashbacks are set up to. It's it's it's, right. it's him teaching it. We don't get that hope. We get the sense of uh this world is cruel and you should treat it as such kind of deal. We, we get the sense of, we get the theme of hope in the opening act of Krypton. We get that sense of hope uh, for that planet. And we get the sense of hope with the saving the, the oil rig mm-hmm. um, and, and saving the bus. Yeah. And saving the bus. So we're doing pretty good, but like later on, like the sense of hope um, comes into question. Uh, I think, if Clark Kent is not going to have the answer here in this moment with Jonathan Kent, it just kind of needs to be uh, answered by the end of the film in which, so we're in, like, you know, Jonathan Kent's asking Clark or vice versa. Clark's asking Jonathan, should I've let them die? And, you know, he's saying maybe. And um, I think later on there should have been like a moment in which Superman is like, kind of like brings that back. Like, remember my, you know, asking my father about letting people die or like choosing to save them. And, you know, I've learned that. Yeah. Unless you attribute it to the very end when Zod is uh, uh, cornering those people with his heat vision kind of thing. It's, he gets that choice of, of letting this uh, essentially to him, an alien race survive, but at, at the cost of him, severing all ties to his home planet um i guess you kind of see it there but still hope is it's it's definitely the 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 central theme for this movie but we in my opinion we don't we don't get it enough um dialogue wise so it doesn't really get to set in as much as just seeing it seeing him save the bus in my opinion just quick right off the back oh that's cool that's that's cool thing superman does um, him saving uh, the the planet from Zod's invasion. Oh, that's cool. That's a cool thing Superman does. It's not like the beginning of the movie where it was super hope driven, where it was the last son of Krypton. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Which is the reason I like the first hour of this movie a lot more than the second hour. I feel I feel the hope. I can and... see why. Yeah. I think uh, the theme of hope needed more exposition in the last parts of the film. Yeah. I think. I think. Uh, Sure, we might be able to pick it out just by being Superman fans and like maybe like enjoying the movie so much that we that we see it. Yeah. Um, but general but for audience, a general general yeah. audience, you kind of 
you, you gotta know, really look. You gotta hammer. <laughs> I think they needed to hammer in the the exposition of hope yeah. more towards the end to just you know, to to be like hope is you know, the real savior of the day. Yeah, kind of. Well, it seems like like you mentioned the trailer, um, where this line, this conversation was cut up into in one of the trailers. Mm-hmm. I also remember voiceover from Jor-El being one of the main things in the trailers. Who is who does represent hope? Yeah. Um, his vo- his voiceover in the trailer, you know, it's like you know, one day they will join you in the sun and and that kind of stuff. Like he has hope for his race, per- you know, persisting on this planet, and and Superman making the people here better. Yeah. And and Jonathan Kent's perspective is completely opposite. It's like you're gonna make us all worse. You know, you're gonna you're gonna make everyone fearful. It's true. And I mean, it um, it doesn't seem like it goes in uh, Jor El's favor. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. I, I think when you, when you, when taken as a whole, the arrival of Kryptonians on planet earth is a disaster for everyone involved i mean you're considering how much damage doomsday does mm-hmm. you know and how much fear people have in batman v superman like i have, i feel no hope at the end of batman v superman hyper realism is working beautifully in my opinion here uh especially this whole universe like it, it is uh, these two movies or this movie especially and and dawn of justice it it really portrays exactly what would happen if an alien being who could shoot lasers from their eyes showed up on earth and it's exactly what it is. Fear is a is a big, big thing that is kind of overlooked. And it kind of makes it seem like they're trying to put hope above fear. But fear is constantly in this movie. It's 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 all over it. Yeah, I think um, in in regards to Batman v Superman, there, there, fear is is everywhere in that film. Um, and there's and, you know this Super- one too. Superman is constantly. Um, battling fear throughout that movie mm-hmm. um and it's weird because i and like at the very end of the film superman in a way gives batman hope yeah so it's, it's a little interesting but Zack snyder didn't give me hope at the end of that movie i i understand what he was going for what he was trying to write into there and the change in batman it just doesn't feel like it at the end of that movie it just feels like such dread. I really think that it's going to all come together when it's a, um, like a, uh, what do you, what do you, when, when, like, you know, when, when, when Justice League is out and we get the individual stories and, and we get to see characters on their own. But if we, once that happens, we take all of them and kind of put the universe, like how we do with Star Wars, we, uh, we kind of combine them all into like this one central universe that we're thinking of instead of thinking of, oh, what happened in the comics in the 80s? Oh, what happens in extended universe? We kind of just like centralize what's happening in all those six movies. So I really hope that's what's going to happen with this uh, DC universe. And um, later on, we're going to see that uh, that like, OK, so the end of, say, Dawn of Justice kind of shows uh, super like a low point where uh where you aren't really hopeful but maybe later on sometime we we get to to hear something from batman's point of view where it, where he kind of does say you know seeing seeing an alien being the most human out of us all kind of kind of shine some light onto it and i really hope it they just wrap it all up into into one central universe you know yeah so I, what I, they're I, see, I see what you're saying because you know I, I feel like i'm talking crazy no but. no no <laughs> i i totally get what no, you're saying. I, I agree um because we do that now with um the marvel cinematic yeah, universe because yeah, we because we look at we look at tony stark as um kind of a person who's who's trying too hard to protect the planet now yeah instead of like back then if we just look at iron man one and then iron man two and then iron man three like 
those are three different Iron Man, like Tony Starks. Yeah. But now we see the whole character development. And exactly. Like, and you're waiting for like when Justice League happens that we see the whole arc, the whole character mm-hmm. arc. And the same thing with Luke Skywalker in Star Wars, because if we just look at A New Hope, you know, he's not the coolest character. No, some pretty boy blonde. But now we, farmer. Yeah. you know, now with Force Awakens, we're like, damn, Luke Skywalker's the coolest dude ever. Yeah, exactly. But and if it's you look, all the, yeah. the gaps that we fill in with our own kind of kind yeah. of ideas. I see that, what that you're saying with the whole centralized together. part. And, so, but and that's just me. I mean, I might just be like a super fan and might just want to defend it all day long. But, but I think uh, you just got to give these things time because exactly because if you look at the first Captain America film, not a fan of it. No, but the Captain America arc in the MCU is my favorite. Yeah, yeah, and, and, I agree. And it's not because of each individual film. It's just the the arc progression and you got to give those things time it's like i'm not judging the force awakens right now because the whole trilogy isn't finished yeah i'm waiting until i see episode nine and then i go yeah this is how i feel about that new sequel trilogy yeah absolutely you got to give those things time if you if you you go ahead and you just judge especially like if someone had just seen batman v superman without seeing man of steel Mm -hmm. or if they just saw like iron man 2 instead of seeing iron man 1 like yeah you can't just judge the there's, film. There's a lot of people yeah. that only saw uh, Dawn of Justice and and didn't even take take notice to anything that's happening in this universe just because they, it's all it was all the marketing. It was like, oh cool, Batman's gonna fight Superman. Awesome, I want to see that. No, that's that's not what this movie's about. And and people, the, the vast majority, in my well, opinion, I did also not... think it's a terrible title. So yeah, don't that, yeah, yeah right. I hate I hate <laughs> the whole Batman v Superman part of that title. Yeah, but um, but really, like I I really can't wait to see this universe as a whole and and to um i mean god because i'm such a such a nerd about the books and everything and about dc itself that i i want it to be different than what i already perceive the comics are in in my mind um yeah i I think we i think honestly we just got to give it time yeah uh, yeah absolutely so imagine doing this podcast say right after man of steel came out versus doing it now after having seen some other dc movies and knowing everything that's coming yeah, it would be. It, is, it completely changes. Like regarding S- Star Wars, there's never been a time when there weren't already like three Star Wars movies already out for me to watch. Because you know they came out as I was like a, a kid. Like, it's we're, like we're watching this universe form, and we're you know having wild guesses of what it's going to be like. And uh, you know they're just as good as anybody that that goes into a movie not seeing any of the previous things and saying, oh, that was complete shit. Like it's kind of the same thing, but it's but we're we're on the opposite side. Where we're saying we love it, we haven't let it fully developed yet. Yeah. So, yeah, it goes both ways. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm just saying, give these things a chance to develop. I'm not just saying the DC universe. I'm saying any connected universe or, you know, trilogy that's planned. Like Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, there are things about Force Awakens that I don't like, but I can't fully give it an opinion until I've seen episode nine. You yeah, know, or episode eight and nine, because um, I think that's not fair. Agreed. I don't know where I was going. That was that one. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't um, know where we were at. But so I have a question here because um, Clark says, "Did God do this to me?" Which shows that, like, they've been they must have been taking Clark to church. Um, is is the Kent family still Christian at this point of fi- finding an alien? Like, 
judging from like i said in the previous minute the way that that jonathan kent laughs at the whole it was providence kind of proclamation was uh it kind of made it seem like the moment that an alien ship fell and, and he stumbled upon an alien baby like the whole notion of god and religion just completely went out the door for him it seems like it i believe it, uh, there's there's i'm pretty sure there's there's some stories where it shows at least martha uh praying and and kind of kind of doing the whole the whole religious thing um but again jonathan was never in my opinion he was never the kind of guy that you would think um was religious or even atone anything i mean his son could fly you can't it seems it seems really hard to to find religion out of out of living well, he doesn't know he can fly. Can fly he can't fly i he could go either way though you know some people like the whole climate change debate you know they can't believe science exactly but but, but i mean other people are going to ascribe like magic to that you know that's it's we're supposed to believe it's based on science i mean so if you guys if superman existed right now like 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 the battle of metropolis we're introduced to the superman thing happened yeah does that does that disprove religion to you or does that prove religion like religion to you do you like do you think i don't know because <laughs> this could, is a loaded question because it could it could it could make someone like believe in a higher power seeing superman it may depend on what your perspective already is because me i'm i'm more of agnostic i would just ask like how's that how's science making this work like how's science allowing this guy to fly because i don't believe in magic yeah absolutely i mean i, I would definitely so. atone it more to to um like what uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson said in Dawn of Justice, how it challenges our own uh, sense of being in the universe. Like that's that's where my head is at fully. And also, my head is also in complete terror because I'm horrified that if a Superman being showed up in this world that we live in, my notion of what and, and all the books that I read, in my mind, that guy's not going to go and try to be Superman like from the comic books and try to save the day. That guy's going to try to enslave us all. So I'm terrified. Like... And that's why Superman is so special because he has all this power and he doesn't do that. You know, he's he gets these values from his parents, from this small town, like Midwestern town, from people who've never even really left their city. You know, they even talk about Pa Kent never really left Smallville, right? Their their worldview has been completely exploded just by the arrival of Superman in this. You know, and they whether or not he's religious, I don't I don't think it aliens would necessarily disprove god i just be something maybe god's plan that you didn't know about here's a new thing depending on where you come from i think it, it there's like there's a coexist thing because you know in a couple months there's a wonder woman film gonna come out and i'm a huge wonder woman fan but that introduces greek god mythology mm-hmm. so now that comes into question same with the thor in the marvel universe right it was all science until thor arrives yeah so we'll definitely get uh like we'll get gods in the in this world um and if you want to even go as to say we're getting demons from apocalypse and such but uh yeah well, but, but 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 a heaven versus hell kind of kind of debate is it seems a little bit too now, I don't know if I'm stepping on any toes, but it seems a little bit too close-minded after seeing the like like after seeing the battle of Metropolis, that whole heaven or hell kind of thing. I just kind of yeah. seems like it's a little bit close. Like off. me personally, I just I see spiritual things like that a little bit more ambiguous. Like you can't you can't claim heaven or hell. It's just a little more grayer than than black and white in mm-hmm. in regards to stuff like that. And, and and you know Superman 
could fall in the same boat. Like, again, it's maybe, you know, maybe he's not God or maybe it doesn't prove or disprove God. It's just another. There's been there's been books, especially like in way earlier Superman things where he he kind of asks uh he, you know he prays he kind of kind of looks to 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 god for for things and um what even in superman for tomorrow he even goes and, and talks to a priest mm-hmm. and it's also like yeah. like why would you want to talk to a guy who 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 thinks that there's a higher being when you yourself being superman has not seen a higher being that lives in the clouds kind of thing he so does it, it in this film it, too yeah it kind of it, it makes it yeah oh yeah he does do it in this film it, it makes it seem like um like you should just take that opinion and just throw it out the window because it, it kind of it makes it false. It's like it, you, him being see, himself kind of makes that false. That's just what from I see. Yeah, I just I don't think the presence of Superman makes that guy's opinion, you know, no, invalid. It, it, no, it it doesn't make his opinion valid. But also, um, I was just kind of going about how what what's going through Superman Superman's head at the moment. Like he. Or like, is he, why am I asking this guy's question when, exactly. with a, when I'm already like... Exactly. When when I'm the answer to his problems, why am I going to ask him what are the answers to my problems? It kind of makes it seem like it's it's, yeah. it's super contradictive. Well, they draw a parallel to Superman being Jesus, essentially, son of God. So even even Jesus had something ahead, above him, a creator, his father, you know? So I, I, Yeah, there you go. So, yeah, not once does it show superman uh fearful of a god or a god-like being especially like in yeah. christianity i mean it's sense. also interesting that his real father is a scientist yeah <laughs> yeah which is another you know but we shouldn't trust those people let's let the planet explode <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly exactly for real um and then there's the whole the whole row thing which you know krypton had their god so yeah but on krypton they weren't super beings uh, but I'm talking about Rao. That's, True. Yeah. Rao was seen as a super being. So. Maybe being God is just relative. It's, yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure my cats think that I'm God. I feed exactly. them with them outside. Yeah. I mean, you in an anthill. Like, it's that whole argument. Woof. <laughs> um. <laughs> and what it means to be human. It kind of... the the. When Jonathan Kent says um, it changes everything on what it means to be human kind of stuck out to me, um, even when I go and rewatch this movie. One, I never have been able to see Superman. Uh, I've never been able to categorize him as a human, one, because he isn't one. Um, he's always just been a being in my in my mind. So, like, especially when I heard uh, uh, Kevin Costner say, say the word human, it, like, immediately rang a bell in my mind where it's like, okay... And then I kind of broke down what he says, like, um, when the world finds out what you can do, it'll it'll change what it means to be human, and it definitely does, because then you're automatically thinking, humans can't do that, so what is this character that, that looks just like me, that talks just like me, that you could, you wouldn't be able to pick him out of a crowd, what makes him not a human, kind of thing, and um, it just automatically opens the door to, to Alien, kind of like a, like a simple... Um, kind of takes out the whole savior role, kind of, kind of divine purpose, kind of. Well, thing. Uh, yeah, because uh, you know, um, again, this goes back to Neil deGrasse Tyson's quote in Batman v Superman, where it says mm-hmm. it, it challenges our own sense of priority within the known universe. Because as of right now, we we think of humans as like a very superior race. Yeah, and 
everything we do is it seems advanced compared to the other life forms here on earth mm -hmm. and then here comes superman and yeah with the arrival it's just and, completely you are insignificant yeah it's, there's an insignificance factor and and that kind of uh perturbs a lot of humans and mm -hmm. brings a lot of anger and you know so they there's it, it generates a lot of conflict within the human race itself yeah. and you know okay I mean, how, still, how you go about it after that yeah it's just you gotta take a long look at yourself like even when in batman superman when he uh introduces him to, to bruce wayne he says you do not want to pick a fight with this person it's like he's not gonna say he's, you don't want to pick a fight with this man you don't want to pick a fight with this guy you don't want to pick a fight with this person and it's like yeah you're right he is a person he's not a man he's a being he's a person He's an entity, yeah. Kind of thing. I've 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 always just liked that that aspect of of Superman in general. If you ask what it means to be human, there's not necessarily like a value judgment. Like humans are capable of really good things, really bad things. You know, empathy or hate. We have problem solving skills. You know, reasoning skills and what we choose to do. You know, is based on our our value system. And again, going back to the advice here, the value system that. He seems to that Clark uh, that Jonathan seems to be instilling in Clark. I have a problem with by allowing people to die when you have the the power to save them. So uh, that's that, that, that my my uh, I think the movie for me starts to fall apart here on on based on that advice because because I, I think what separates Superman from other humans is that he is just innately good and he and knows what the right thing to do is, and this starts to set him up is not ever really knowing what the right thing to do is. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've always thought that he, he knew what the right thing to do was because of uh, his sense of morality that he got from his father. But again, in this universe, this Jonathan Kent is not, not on the, the same page as the ones in the books. <laughs> well, because mm, there's, there's multiple influences, because there's not only Jonathan Kent, but there's also Martha Kent, and mm -hmm. then there's Jor-El, and then there's later on Lois Lane. Well, we don't even get to see... Jor-El later on until in, in real time in present day like in this movie that we get to see what's happening so he wasn't like sitting in his in his little space pod you know learning the memories and learning the teachings of, of Jor-El as a kid so it's not like he has the comparison to he doesn't have that two dads kind of kind of deal where it's like oh well this one told me to do good things this one told me to keep it a secret he doesn't have that yet he's only got keep it a secret keep it a secret keep yeah. it a secret yeah no yeah as of right now in the film like there's only the guy telling him, be careful what you do. Yeah. And then later on in the film, you get Jorah who says, look at what you can do. Yeah. So, but. Man, it seems like you would you would take the guy that raised you's advice over this, this guy that just appeared out of a hologram on a spaceship more so. You know? It seems like when he's up there and Lois has fallen down and he's like, look at what you can do. You can save them all. It seems like the like a, a bell should be ringing in his head and be like, yeah, well, my dad told me I shouldn't. <laughs> but but he knows in his heart what what is right and, and Jor-El's reinforcing that, you know? He's like, this guy's telling me what I wanted to hear. I, I'll listen to it. I like that they did break up uh, that whole conflict between two characters where it is one of them telling to do good and the other one telling to... To, to watch out and, and to watch your watch yourself keep yourself in check i like that they they split that up so you I have yeah i think i would not have enjoyed it if everyone had the same like mentality where everyone was saying the same thing like well normally jonathan and, and jor-el are kind of still on the same page with each other it's like uh, hey be careful what you do with your powers but still do your powers and jor-el's like yo maybe it jump real high maybe, like, maybe it should have been the other way around 
Maybe it should have been Jonathan Kent saying like, "Wow, you're you're super human. Like go go like save the day all the time." Well, and maybe Jor El should have been the one like, "These people don't understand you. Maybe you should lie low." Maybe it should have been Flip. Mm. That's kind of interesting. I actually had that same thought. If that would work the same way, it doesn't matter who has what perspective as long as they're they're slightly opposite. Yeah, I just think maybe it fits. I don't know. I don't know if it would fit better, but it can definitely fit, and you could definitely have like a God. You can even have an. They need to be there. That. Yeah. They like both. Uh, both of those kind of mentors need to be there. Like that. Yeah. Those conflicting opinions need to be there. I just don't know who should have been saying what. It just seems weird that Jonathan Kent would be saying it. I guess. It seems like Jorel is saying it because he already like like he said he already knew of what clark uh cal was going to be under a yellow sun and, and on earth and stuff like he already had a had a notion in his mind that he was thinking like okay my son's going to grow up to be like this and and jonathan's like well i gotta protect my son from from the terrible world that we live in jor-el doesn't know that world is that terrible he doesn't know that when people see him trying to save the world it's going to be all this backlash versus jonathan kent is you know molded upon this this hardship of, of an earth that he says yeah they're definitely gonna flip out when you start saving people i i think this um i think this sets the movie into an alternate reality where superman had doubt early in his life and that's the whole genesis of of this entire universe where the super being this this moment's super important for for the how the rest of the universe plays out i think so that's i i agree because what if what if when he does come back it's um one, we get a completely different view of, of the Superman. He might not think of himself as a novice. He might think of himself as, as better than he was. And again, it, it could flush out all that, uh, th- those, those bad thoughts that he w- did have growing up. And, um, yeah, I just want to see the confident Superman that knows exactly what to do at least once. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. we'll get there. Hopefully. Um, I mean, right now I, I really do like, uh, this this novice superman especially in this world mainly because the world is so realistic and it makes it seem like there couldn't have been some guy living in the arctic circle training to to fight aliens all this time that i'm living my normal life honestly the the confident superman didn't happen until he killed doomsday like it took that long to to do it and now i i'm i'm confident that when we see just justice league that we will see you know our quintessential superman yeah i i feel like it i feel like um picking up that spear was him you know kind of realizing what he needs to do mm-hmm. um it would make you very fearless right if, once the the worst thing you can imagine you've lived through it i've had that experience you know it's like i i was really afraid of my house being broken into you know people stealing everything i'd worked so hard to get and then it happened and then i dealt with it and now I'm not so worried about that, right? It's like there's like this like confidence that happens when, when you've overcome things in the past. So I'm really hoping that it's a, it's a major transformation for him, Donna Justice. I think it is. I think Donna Justice again. If it, if it had just been the title Donna Justice and not Batman v Superman, I think it would have the ending of the film would have felt very much like that, where you have two lost superheroes well actually three because even wonder woman like has lost her has lost her way basically because of the events of the wonder woman film which we haven't seen um but they're all kind of like superman's a novice he doesn't know what to do 
Batman has done stuff and has, you know, he's lost his battle and Wonder Woman, something happens and she's lost her way. So we, at the end of the film, they, they all find the hope. Um, and it comes from Superman's sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Um, Batman finds his humanity again, in my opinion. And, um, I think Wonder Woman knows that she needs to kind of get, get back into the trying to save the, the human race and, and earth as a whole, um, because she loves the planet and Superman, when we see him again in justice league, I think he as well will, you know, kind of be reborn in, in a sense, mm-hmm. both literally and, fi- and figuratively. Chris, when was, uh, when was the first time you saw this movie? Uh, I saw it opening day at 8.45 in the morning. No, wait, no, wait. I'm thinking Batman v Superman. I saw. I did see this opening weekend, I think on a Friday or Saturday night when it first came out. I only saw it once in the theater, mm-hmm. uh, and then I bought the Blu-ray and uh, watched it again. I liked it better the second time. Yes, yeah, I'm I right think. there with you. Absolutely. still don't love it, but I, I, I like I like the first hour quite a bit. Um, yeah. Doing I, this I wonder... has, has helped me further my opinion about it, you know. Of course, obviously, but yeah, I would say the same for me in our uh, Batman v Superman podcast. At first, I really didn't like the film at all. I didn't see much redeeming quality, and after talking about it for thirty hours, yeah, we found we found things that we really liked and understood it better. I mean, I still have a lot of problems with it, but I mean, being a, a huge fan of the DC universe, and those characters have been with me since I'm like four years old. You know, when I first saw them on, on TV, and all these different iterations, and it's always interesting when there's a new take on it. So you know, I'm always all in. I want to I want to know all there is to know about about what's happening and that's um that the new post- podcast we're starting uh, dc legacy Filmcast, is going to kind of do that we're going to look at every dc movie that's been on the big screen how they relate to each other and we're starting in 1951 uh, with superman and the mole men which was a pilot for the adventures of superman tv and um we're gonna we're gonna watch the first season of adventures of superman and we're also talking about the film hollywoodland um which is uh, the story of George Reeves and his tragedy that befell him, you know, playing Superman, sort of a murder mystery. That's our first episode. Second episode, we're going to go into Batman 66. And then I think the first, uh, the Richard Donner Superman movie. So we're going to, we're going we're gonna to go through everything and see how they all connect. Um, it's going to be fun. Yeah. Cause you can really see like how the, the culture that watches these films develops yeah. as well. And the translation from, from comic adaptation yeah. to, to screen. Yeah, the first episode of the uh, Adventures of Superman is basically an origin story. It's, you, you see the destruction of Krypton, you see you see the Mon Pa Kent, and you see him going to uh, Metropolis and saving the day and becoming a reporter, all in like about twenty two minutes. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, but I mean, it's that story. That story's been around, for, you know, since the nineteen forties. It's and it's still it's still going on. It's definitely a staple. I mean, obviously in, in DCU, but. Oh, since I'm not gonna, since this is my last uh, chance to talk to you guys, I wanted to bring up one thing from earlier on in the film, which I found fascinating on the Krypton stuff. Which I was disappointed that I didn't get to talk about some of the Krypton scenes because I that, I like that a lot. It's about half an hour. I'm surprised they spent that much time, and there's so much loaded in there. And I've listened to you guys talk about it stuff I didn't I didn't pick up on the first few times. Um, but on our on our Batman v Superman podcast, we had on um, the woman who created the language. Uh, she's her name is Dr. Christine Schreier. Um, also in British Columbia, but she 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 worked on the um, the written language and the spoken language, and you don't hear any of the spoken Krypton 
or Kryptonese in the film, but she worked with a graphic designer to create all of the letters. And um, one of the things she she told us was that on Krypton, on the production design, there are no straight lines anywhere. And because of the, the S, they're working off the Superman S. So if you look, everything's very organic and curved, and there's nothing that's like a completely straight line, which would be a crazy way to build anything, right, with curves. But if you think about the S, I mean, they were working, like, why, does, why is there an S? Like, why does this alien uh, race have an S on it? It's a, it's a huge design problem. And that they um, they just based everything on that curve. So they didn't even make it look exactly like this, the Superman symbol that we're used to, but it made it a little more alien. But everything was completely, everything in the production design is completely curved, which is really cool. Even in, like, really long curves that maybe look straight, it's still a curve. Even on the Superman symbol on his chest, it's a curve. I like it. I like oh, it. Yeah. Uh, that's... I thought uh, I always thought that was like the 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 different shape of this the S was kind of like um how they were able to get away with it forming to like his body. I didn't know it was was supposed to look like organic like that. That's really cool. I like that. Yeah, it's intentional. If you guys have seen the Batman and Superman cereal and the cereal aisle, um you know, some of the stuff the there's really up close. They they imprint that and bolt, emboss it on the cereal box. So you can see that stuff, and you can see that you can see the curves, and there's just there's no straight lines. There's like Kryptonian text in it. Yeah. That I think yeah, yeah, yeah. is a quote in like Kryptonese. Oh, what's the guy's name? I'm blanking. The hero's journey. Um, mm-hmm. So the philosopher writer, I forget, but there's a yeah, there's a quote in written in the um, in the in the Superman S. Joseph Campbell's. What I'm trying to think of. Yeah, and the there's all there's all kinds of uh, secret messages written in in the backgrounds. Uh, on on the Krypton scenes, there's a reference to Doomsday, um, written in there about Bertrand's curse. Like beware, Bertrand's curse. Um, it's that was already in Man of Steel. Where was all this written? Like what? what? I mean, like in the beginning, it shows. Like, I know the, the WB a... symbol has Kryptonese in it. Uh, some screens maybe have some some of it in it. I remember one episode we were trying to find something that oh, there's the, a the target locking system. There's a special features of Man of Steel that I, I sent you as the planet Krypton. Yeah, and I think there's a there's a segment like uh, like a third of the like two thirds of the way in in the special feature and and they start showing you these um Kryptonese sayings and like one of them is uh, beware of Bertrand's curse and uh, the light of Rao will guide you and stuff like that and they they'll say it in in Krypton's language and then they translate it. It's really cool. It's Where was it written though in Man of Steel? There was things on the walls in the backgrounds. Like I, I don't know if you could even see it. Like they knew it was there. Like the production staff knew it was there. The people who created the language knew it was there. But I don't know if you could actually pick it out on screen. But there was so much work that went into it. It's insane. There's also like some parts of Krypton that get shown later on in the film. Like when he's on the scout ship, and when yeah. like Jor-El's like showing him like kind of the history yeah, the of Krypton Geo forming it all. Yeah, and, stuff, yeah. and you know so. I don't know. It's it's probably there. Yeah. I just, I really love all the work that went into, like, all the thought behind it. Because, I mean, comic book fans are notorious for hating anything that's different or new. And this was a whole other way of thinking about Krypton because we're used to the Richard Donner Fortress of Solitude, the, the long angles and the glass, you know, ice looking shards. So if you're going to change it, you have to have a reason to change it. And they had a lot of reasons. They had put a lot of thought and work into it. And so I really appreciate all the the culture that they made, you know, the Kryptonian culture they created for this movie. Which I thought was great. Yeah, we're real excited to see more of it, especially with that sci-fi show coming out. Yeah, uh, Krypton. <laughs> <laughs> Catchy title. Yeah. What's it about? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> but I, I think 
it was like the opening act of Krypton is is so important, and I'm glad it's it's not just like the the launching of the ship and the planet exploding. Like, I love seeing the mythology being grounded. Yeah, and like and the cast system that you kind of yeah, overlook, but the if whole you dive foundation into it, yeah. being laid 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 out for. Not just this film, but future films, in my opinion. Yeah, we're really hoping that that a sequel to Man of Steel uh, deals a lot with uh, with Krypton stuff. Nothing on on it, obviously. Yeah. Like like teachings or or viewpoints or anything like that. Yeah. Well, I think Brainiac would be the great choice for that because he, he archives, you know, archives the things that are left over, you know. So that seems like the obvious solution, but we haven't seen a Brainiac on the big screen. Mm-mm. So that's what I want. And also, it, it well, almost, almost makes did. it, yeah, almost. It almost makes it seem like they they would kind of have to throw out the whole uh, correlation from Brainiac to Krypton because he wasn't able to have uh, Bottle City Candor. But still, Brainiac seems like it's it's the obvious choice for them to get into one more extraterrestrial uh, beings that are happening in the world, and two because of the the data banks and everything that he had. I think it would be interesting to see a whole Superman film off Earth in space i could get behind that we haven't seen that yet yeah again i mean it would be really mm. superman lives esque yeah <laughs> but I, me personally i i probably would have paid money to go see that film but then where's the dividing line between that and green lantern like green lantern obviously would have to show up anything any hey, reference man. to the core any reference to the guardians anything in my opinion whenever something deals with space in the dcu it almost makes it seem like the lanterns are are you know, right on the other side of the hand is the, I don't know. I'm not trying to make it like, you know, shrink the whole universe into, into these one, you know, the seven main characters that we only see. No, I'm way more expansive than that. But where would the dividing line be if, if there was a Superman space movie versus a Green Lantern movie? Would it be a crossover? Maybe. I mean, it would be, I don't know. I don't make films. So I- <laughs> uh. We will get to see the Green Lantern Corps pretty soon, right? There, it's even been written by David Goyer, so we'll get, we'll get to see it in this universe pretty soon. Who knows? So I'm guessing if you rank the three films that are out, it goes Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, Suicide Squad. I can't even put them in order, man. I they all have good and bad things about them. I th- I guess Man of Steel is probably the best. Um, Batman v Superman and Suicide Squad have their own unique problems. Uh, I don't. I don't love any. Like, really love any of these three, but I'm fascinated by them because I'm such a huge DC Comics fan. So, I, it's hard to put them in order. Honestly, I could talk for an hour on Suicide Squad and the the issues. Um, but we don't probably don't want to do that. Another another podcast. You guys are gonna do that eventually, right? Yo, yeah, yeah. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm dreading it. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Well, obviously, I'm really looking forward to Batman v Superman. And uh, if you want, I'd love to have you back on Batman v Superman. Or, you know. Sure. I've already spent like 30 hours of my life talking about that. What's another What's another hour? Another uh, two two hours or so, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, if you could pick, is there any part of Batman v Superman that you'd love to talk about the most? Um, my favorite scene is the party scene, I think, where they, they're all the major players they meet for the first time. I think that's some of the best writing in all of, all of the films. So I would like to do that one. They paid all, all yeah. the writers for just that scene. I mean that banter <laughs> between the two of them is is, is well. Not only phenomenal. that, uh, I think uh, they have the oh, I can't even think of the artwork that's in the background, but it's so important. Um, we'll get we'll get there one day. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm so looking forward to that. And thank you, Chris, so much for joining us on yes, on our you. adventure here. Yeah, it's been fun. 
Um, don't forget, guys, if you want to check out more from Chris Ayers, you can check out the People v. Batman v. Superman, where they dive through and discuss and analyze the Batman v. Superman film. And he's got his DC Legacy Filmcast podcast. When does that come out? Um, I, I'm not sure when this when your episode here will come out, but we're, we're going to record probably next week. So um, very soon. Hopefully, we're going to have an, a preview episode out if you want to, just so we can populate the, the podcast feed and people want to start subscribing. Um, first episode, probably about two weeks. Awesome. Oh, hell yeah. Cool. So very soon. Um, cool. Well, then, guys, we're going to go ahead and wrap up this week, and we'll catch you guys on the next one. If you love what you hear, don't forget to rate, subscribe, and do all that. And follow us on all social media at DCEU Minute. And we'll catch you guys next week here on DC Cinematic Minute.